Behind the Bite podcast is part of a network of podcasts that are good for the world. Check out podcasts like the Full of Shit podcast, After the First Marriage podcast, and Eating Recovery Academy over at practiceofthepractice.com backslash network. Welcome to Behind the Bite podcast. This podcast is about the real life struggles women face with food, body image, and weight. We're here to help heal, inspire, and create better, healthier lives. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. So every time again, I fall down some rabbit hole on the internet, which I really do not like to do. You know, if I'm being honest, I really don't. But this one headline of an article caught my attention. And from that point on, I was just lost. It simply just was lost. It was trying to understand why women feel invisible after 50. Now, I've talked on this topic several times on podcasts before, this topic about how there are unrealistic ideal images blasting us all over the place about how women are supposed to look. And yes, typically these images are of young women because our society tends to value youth, especially it seems for women way more than men. And this is not lost on me. And I think this is really sad because it's yet another pressure and unattainable goal. But I am not here today to get into this topic myself. No, our guest today is just the person to delve into this one for us. So I cannot wait. So let me introduce you to Nina Menelski. She is a body peace coach and she helps people end the war with food and body and finally feel truly at home in their body as it is. She is known for her deeply feminist anti-diet body peace approach. And she brings her 30 years experience as a therapist, nationally board certified health and wellness coach, body trust guide and psychology of eating teacher to helping women create a respectful and trusting relationship with their food and body. Well, Nina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Christina. It is a delight, delight to be with you. Well, I am really excited. We have not had this topic uh, ever on the podcast. And I am just curious, would you mind sharing a little bit with the audience about well, who are you and how did you get into you know the field and where you're at today? Yeah. So who am I? I'm Nina Mandelson. I am a body peace coach. And why I'm a body peace coach is essentially because I was at war with my own body and food for decades and decades. And my pursuit of feeling at ease and relaxed in my body became not just a personal pursuit, it became a professional pursuit. Um, And I became a therapist and then I became a health coach and got into psychology of eating and body trust work and intuitive eating work. And all of that woven together, um, not only healed my relationship with my food and body, but also um, helped me do that with other women. So I've been working with women and their relationship with their body for 30 years. Fantastic. So, I mean, here you are and um, so I'm curious, is there, when women come to you and, you know, they're working on body image, do they ever specifically come to you because they're struggling with getting older and their age? 
So it's it's woven together, yep. right? That piece around I'm aging, my body is changing, gets woven into old messages that happened when they were younger, mm. right? So yes, when we're over 40, our bodies start to change. That is a normal thing that happens, right? Menopause happens, change happens, mm-hmm. right? If we're living, we're changing. That's the reality. It's a concept that I call um, being body current. What's my current body? I am living in this body now. And so many of us, right? This is this what happens earlier. We're taught oh, we should be in that earlier body of when we fit into those skinny jeans when we were 13, before we even hit puberty or 12, right? So some of these messages that when women come to me and I work mostly with women in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and they are struggling with their body, most of those messages got embedded very early on, which is this is what an acceptable body looks like. And that body that you're changing into, not so great. And you should do something about that. And you should do something now. And in fact, not only do we have a diet culture that's going to help you do something, we also have an anti-aging business that's worth billions and billions and billions of dollars that's going to also try to help you never change, which really, that's never going to happen. We are always changing human beings that's a reality for us you know that is so interesting because i'm wondering where that message even comes from because as you're talking i'm just going yes 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 there is that that underlying message that some reason like you're doing something wrong if you yes (laughs) your body changes and you're looking older and it's like there's this pressure right to stop that yes stop that stop that aging right? (laughs) My mother says, my mother who just turned 91 says, if you're lucky, you're aging, Mm -hmm. right? That's a totally different spin on it than, oh oh my gosh, you're aging. Something is wrong. Stop that anti-age right now, right? Now, if someone said to you, okay, now, Christina, you go back and be your 18-year-old self, your 25-year-old self, would you want to? No. (laughs) Right. But that's the reality. We have gained so much wisdom. We have so much more self-awareness. We have so many more tools to navigate this complicated world as we age. So no, of course we don't want to go back. So it is really interesting, like what you're saying, like, where does this come from? This idea like, no, 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 no. You should still look like, you know, a 17 magazine, which is the magazine that I was pouring over when I was young. That I thought, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to look like them. And even when I was 17, I didn't look like them. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's a real mind bender that we're in that takes some unlearning. It takes some countercultural feminist thought to really unravel this experience of, oh, my job as a woman is to always look younger, right? As though the ultimate compliment is she doesn't look her age. Right. What? (laughs) Right. What is that? 
right? COVID has slightly, you know, for those of you listening on audio and not seeing video, I have very silver hair, long silver hair. COVID, I was already going silver before before COVID, but COVID made silver be a little more accepted. But before that, mm -mm. silver hair, oh, you're showing your age, Mm. right? And frankly, after doing a lot of work on myself, I am happy to show my age. I have earned this age. I have earned the wisdom and the experience that come with this this age. And does it come with a more complex body? For sure. For sure. That's when aging gets really interesting for us around working with women or men around body image, around their relationship with food, is we have a little bit of a more complicated body that's had a few more miles on it, right? It's like people, uh, not to compare humans to cars, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's like when people have these like dear cars that they are like, no, but this has been my car forever. I love this car. I am willing to put in the extra energy or the super gas or the whatever it needs to support this car going it's loving it's supportive you know it's interesting because i don't think that's the conversation that we have and you know when i work with people i'm constantly hearing uh this this pressure to like doc help me figure out how to like you know what am i doing wrong kind of this like their fault and there's a lot of shame and guilt and instead of the conversation of why aren't we educating ourselves about what the changes are that are normal yes. to be expected that hey you know this this is what happens just like we educate kids about puberty like okay this is what your body's going to go through this is how like you know a 10 year old looks different than a 15 year old yeah that's a big difference yeah. right yeah um, and so why aren't we doing that in our society to say hey you know this is what your body shifts into and this is normal instead of like demonizing it and scaring yes. it and then hating ourselves for it and like trying to do so many things to undo it and yes. think, I must be doing something wrong yeah this is happening right I'm failing mm-hmm. I'm failing at this project of having young body forever as though that that was an achievable goal right right No, we will not have a young body forever. We can be strong. We can be agile. We can create flexibility. We can create mobility. We can do a lot of things. But young, if you're aging, you're not getting younger, Mm -hmm. right? So even just to change the verbiage of this youth culture, that a young person is a better person, that a young body is a better body. No, your body with you feeling truly at home and comfortable in it is the best body there is. I'm just curious, like how much do you think it is perpetuated to, and uh, like, you know, you were talking about 17 magazine back in the day and I, I can totally relate to that too, but how much do you think it's perpetuated by, you know, some of the messages out in social media in terms of, you know, how older women are portrayed or maybe even like absent Yes. Yes. I was literally going to say that, Christina, we get disappeared, Mm -hmm. right? We get disappeared. People don't pay any attention. 
And so it's very, there's a couple of things. One, I actually find it extraordinarily liberating because there's no pressure on me. I can be whoever I am. There's a sense of freedom in it, right? You don't expect me to be anything great, then I'm going to be exactly who I want to be now, right? I'm not conforming to your expectations, which is very powerful because it's part of when you're talking about how does the culture kind of bind us? How does it imprison us? Right. Social media is saying you need to be looking this way and you need to be, you know, wearing this kind of thing to be youthful. Right. So when we claim our movement into and this gets into archetypal psychology, into the queen stage. Right. When we're in our 20s and 30s, we're in that princess stage. Right. What do you think of me? My definition of myself is based on what you think. Right. When we move into our 40s and 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, we're moving into queen and then crone stage. Queen is I know who I am. Right. I'm not dependent on your definition of me to tell me my value and me knowing my value empowers me, gives me agency to actually be out in the world making a big difference. Right. I'm not waiting for your stamp of approval so that I can go and have agency in the world. No, I know who I am. I know my power. I know my wisdom. Let's go. Let's do something. Right. Let's change this world. But Christina, there's one other thing I want to circle back to when you said, wouldn't it be great to if we talked about these different stages Mm -hmm. that we go through. And there's two stages that are really important for women to know about. Margot Main talks about two parts of our um, cycle as women where we're most susceptible to eating disorders and disordered eating. And they are two times where we're going through the most physical change into puberty and out of fertility right? So into fertility and out of fertility. Our body is going through a normal, gigantic biological shift. And with that comes normal changes, right? Young girls are supposed to gain weight at that time, right? Our whole body and hormones are changing through menopause. Those are normal times of change. And our culture with this constant message of no change for you. No, no change. Oh, you're changing quick. Do something. Is comes down hard at those particular moments because we're going through such a big change. And so women's try to control it. And how do we try to control it? With food, with restriction. And that, as we know, ends up nowhere good. So why do you think that's not discussed? at all? Why do you think that it's not like an open conversation anywhere? Yeah, because it changes how we view women totally, right? Our culture, and this gets into my feminist rant, our culture is very patriarchal, right? It's based on, you know, mostly men having power. And then it's also based on this idea that we can make money right? It's that's tied into capitalism. We can make money off of objectifying women. Look at how, you know, bikini women in front of sports cars, we objectify women and then that makes money. 
right? So the conversation for it to shift means truly changing how we view women as not an object, but a whole human being, right? When we shift that, not just the culture, which is where we got that view, but our own perspective of us being an object, right? Of us seeing ourselves through that external gaze, that male, male gaze, right? Um, um, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, anyway, there's an amazing researcher out of Toronto and she talks about um, external um, embodiment and internal embodiment. Well, right, let me do that one again. There's an amazing researcher out of Toronto, Neva Peran, and she talks about internal, internalized embodiment versus external embodiment, right? External embodiment, what do you think about me? What does the culture think about me? And that's how I see myself. I see myself through other people's eyes, right? Internalized embodiment, internal from the inside, subjective embodiment, not objective, not from the outside, but from the inside, that's empowering, right? So if we can shift the culture to be like, you know what, your experience of your body is your experience, not somebody else's and somebody else's perspective does not define you, then we can start to shift, I think, the aging conversation. Gosh, you know, as you were talking about that, I'm just thinking, oh, wow, what a hurdle with this day and age with so much social media and the need for likes and all these comments. And I'm just thinking, how on earth do we even do that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think part of it is what we're doing here mm -hmm. is raising awareness, having conversations where two women over 40 talk about things that are not, you know, based on youth culture, but are based on what it means to feel whole in your own body, comfortable in your own skin as you age. There's, um, there's uh, a poem that I wrote about this, if I, if I can share it with you, Christina, is that okay? Oh, please, yes, please. So um, just as a preface, I write uh, body peace poems. So I write about our relationship with our body. I write about uh, how women talk about their bodies because I want to change the conversation. I want to do exactly what we're doing here. I want to change the way we think about it. I want us to start having vocabulary to, to talk about our bodies in a totally different way than we're, how we've been taught. Mm -hmm. So this poem is called... Uh, she let herself go mm. because that's often what people think. Oh, you're old and you know, you've left, you've let yourself go. So here it is. He said, you've let yourself go. Yes, I have let myself go. I stopped wearing Spanx. I stopped counting macros, points and calories. I said no to the Botox. I let the gray show. The truth is I did let myself go. I let myself relax. I let go of expectations. I've let myself be at home in my skin. I let myself have pleasure. I let myself feel and rage. I let myself listen in. I let myself 
not care about what everyone else thinks. I let myself free. Wow. Yeah. And that's the process. That's the process that we want to do. We want to be in as we age. We want to let ourselves free. Because for those of us who have struggled with disordered eating, with eating disorders, with body image issues, with an inner critic that will not quit, we want to get free, right? The work that both you and I are doing is body liberation work. How do we feel at home? How do we feel freed from the prison of all this? Right, because just as you were, I was listening to your poem thinking, my gosh, how much time, effort, energy, money is all of the things you just, you know, were said in your poem that somebody's spending time on. I mean, just, yeah. that's a lot. And just like you said, the freedom is just like this release, this like, wow, how much do you get back in your life? Are you just kind of a breath like, oh. Yes. It's so important, right? How much do you get back in your life? I was speaking to a client of mine who said, oh my gosh, I cannot spend one more minute obsessing about food and my body. She said, honestly, I could have fed a, figured a world peace, fed a whole village in Africa with the amount of energy I have spent thinking about what I just ate and what I should eat next and what I did wrong and what's wrong with my thighs. She's like, such a waste. Mm. And there is, there's a huge amount of grief in this work because there we did, we got caught. We got caught in the cultural think of our bodies not being okay about this idea that if we could just control it, if we could just control ourselves, all will be well. We will get that, you know, golden ticket to love and fame and wealth and community and all the things that are promised if you're thin. Mm -hmm. Ouch. You know, and I could imagine somebody listening going, well, yeah, of course, like that would, my life would be so much better if I had seen this certain look or I, I can't imagine mm -hmm. like letting go. Like you said, I can't imagine like mm -hmm. stopping, like what, how could I possibly do that? You know, I can't, I can't. Yes. And for some people, they never will. Mm -hmm. It's not for everybody, but for some people, like the people that I work with, they're like, I'm exhausted by it. Right. The, when I knew I was really ready to make change was like, I am so bored with my thinking. If I think one more time on a you know Sunday night, what diet I'm starting the next day, on my Monday morning diet, I'm like, no, I cannot. I have more important things to do. I really do. And also it's painful. It's very, very painful. And so for some people, they're ready. They're like, I can't, it's just, it's brutal. It's brutal to be in my own head. It's brutal to look at myself in the mirror every day and feel terrible. It's brutal to open my closet and getting dressed feels just torture. That doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. We're allowed to feel good in our body. 
It is our right. We're born that way. We learned how to feel bad. We learned how to be at war, right? We didn't create the war. You know, I want to get back to what you were saying, um, that it's a grieving process, a lot of this Mm -hmm. work. Um, You know, I have one idea about what that means, but I'm wondering for you when you said that, anyone listening kind of going, what what does that mean, grieving? Yeah, that's a great question. So the way I think about it is we're grieving for the, if we were once in a small body, oh, I wish I had that small body again. I'm sad. There's a loss there, right? We're grieving for the, you know, the young body. If we're aging, oh, I miss her. I miss that body that could jump on a trampoline for 20 minutes straight, right? I miss that, you know, young body that could walk forever and ever and ever all day. And there wasn't an ache in a foot or a leg or a hip or an anything. I miss her, right? We're allowed to grieve that. We're even allowed to grieve, oh, I'm a little sad that I won't that I'm going to let go of that dream of being, you know, as I grew up with this idea that I was supposed to be tall and blonde and thin. I was none of the above ever, ever, never. So at some point I was like, oh my gosh, I have to give up the dream. Well, I'm going to grieve that dream because that tall, blonde and thin, that was the dream that if you're tall, blonde and thin, then you get it all. Then you get the magic prize. You get the gold star on your forehead and you get total success, right? In this day and age, it would be, and then you get all the TikTok followers in the world, right? To grieve that dream, even if it wasn't a very healthy dream, even if it wasn't a very productive dream, right? There was still that desire. So there's a lot of loss, right? There's even the grief of, wait, nobody's going to tell me exactly what to eat when. Mm -hmm. I actually have to listen to my own body. I actually have to tune in. Well, bummer. I just want someone to tell me what to eat and when, and then not think about it anymore, right? To grieve that. Oh, grieve the dream that somebody else has the answer for my unique body. There's so many layers of things to grieve in our relationship with food and body, right? There's even, there's food I grieve. So I love broccoli. Broccoli does not love me back at all. And I I use broccoli. There's other foods, but I use broccoli because it's a pretty neutral food in general, right? Most people will be like, yeah, broccoli, that's a good thing to eat. Broccoli does not love me. And I'm bummed. I go to a lovely Chinese restaurant. They have garlic, broccoli with garlic sauce. It looks amazing. And there's still a part of me still to this day that I go, that's sad. That's a bummer that I can't eat that. We can grieve broccoli. There's layers and layers of it, right? Of letting ourselves feel what it feels to be a human being that changes, that can do things that we couldn't and that can't do things that we used to be able to do. Just as you're saying that, I'm wondering, is part of what the work you do also like appreciating what your body can do that's different when you get older? Yes. 
So one of the things that I see a lot in women as they age, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this may surprise you, is pleasure. Mm. Pleasure opens up. When we let go of what we think we should look like or how we think we should behave, there's a place of sort of the way I think of it is like a juiciness that opens. Because again, it's that idea of moving from that princess stage of what do you think about me and me trying to fit into a certain box of cultural beauty ideals, right? Instead, we're free. Oh, well, then life is really juicy. Then I can do what I want and do the things that delight me, right? There's a l- more access to pleasure. There's a lot of power in claiming our aging process, right? There's also claiming our voice fully, right? There's a certain wisdom. We've lived a decade or two. There's something we know and it's worth exploring. It's like you having a podcast, right? Yeah, I'm ready to say something. I have a platform. Let's talk, right? That's part of the power of aging, right? There's also when we can really sink into being connected to the our body as it is, being in our current body, being body current, there's a place of really diving into the sensitivity of what works for my body. What makes my body feel good? What foods work? What movements work? Instead of like, let me try this new thing and that new thing. And nope, I have an inner knowing. And what that does is it creates a stable relationship with our body and food, which is such a relief, right? That's what I call body peace. It's that sustainable, yummy, like, oh, I'm at home in my body. I know how to take care of her. Life is good. You know, I'm just thinking I have all these, um, I guess, voices of people I've worked with or heard, you know, kind of running through my mind thinking, yes, that all sounds amazing and wonderful, but how am I going to ever get to this like place of utopia you're talking about, which sounds mm-hmm. amazing, right? Um, and I have to say too, I agree with you, you know, like when you asked me, would I go back to my 19, 20 year old self? No, I laughed, but yes, of course, as I've gotten older, there's so much more I've gone through in the wisdom and um, it's it's so much richer to be yes. older, right? Um, but I, I do see the struggle, you know, the magazine covers of like, you know, all the, you know, do this to, you know, combat aging and this Mm -hmm. and that. And, you know, I, I hear my patients struggling with like my, you know, spouse left me for a woman 20 younger than me. How do I compete with that? And, you know, I, there's the pressure to like, okay, if you, you know, newly divorced in your forties or fifties and pressure to date again and wanting to like feel like oh my gosh if that's your situation of like oh my gosh I look so much older now my body's older I'm having yeah. body image issues I'm going through menopause all these things that maybe somebody listening is kind of going like yeah it sounds great but this is my real life this is the struggle or all my yes. friends are having plastic surgery they're doing this mm-hmm. there's this pressure like I don't want to you know fall behind or you know <laughs> older than everybody else and I, I think you know, and, and there's definitely ads everywhere. And I mean, yeah. it's, it's out there. And this reality is so hard for anyone listening. It's like, get it. It's hard to combat. This is not it easy. Is. No, it is not easy. There's nothing easy about it. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that our culture is hammering us 
on what we're supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And this idea that, and I hear from so many women, well, I'm supposed to look like Jennifer Lopez, <laughs> right. right? I'm supposed to look like these stars where literally their, their body is their product right? Like they, that is their product. They are working on their product all day, right? Mm -hmm. With the team to help them with that product, right? And so then we have women that age comparing themselves going, well, I'm supposed to look like a movie star. Right. I'm so glad you said that because it's true, right? How many, these women that are older, 40, 50, Mm -hmm. and they are in the limelight and they are very much praised and it's yes. like, oh, this is the standard now. Right. People still bite this, you know? And so it's almost like, well, gosh, if you don't, right? It, it's right. kind of the same thing as like all the celebrity bodies after pregnancy. Oh, look, yes. she looks like better than before her baby <laughs> two weeks later. It's like well, the pressure on women is astounding right. and ridiculous. Yes. Right. And that's the place to start, right? Which is, wow, this is so much pressure and it's unrealistic, ridiculous, and misogynistic. Mm -hmm. And what it does is sucks the power out of women, right? So if we're interested in being powerful women, part of that is claiming your body and not feeling like you have to be in the game of changing all the time, because all that is, is, and this is a Brene Brown quote, as a hustle for worthiness, right? Oh, let me, let me hustle. Let me be on the next diet. Let me do the Botox. Let me do the surgery. Let me do the, this, because so, then I'll be worthy. Because if I look young, then I have worthiness. It's exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. And, you know, for me and for many of my clients, they're like, I'm done. I am done. I'm not sure how to be done, but I'm done. And there's no like snap and ta-da. Now you're in body peace. Now you've healed all your disordered eating. Now you've healed all your body image issues. It is a practice. It is a practice. It is a process. It is healing and old wounds. But it is so worth it because on the other end is, it is that sigh of relief. It is that letting yourself free. And I'm so glad to have you on here to discuss it because I think we, like you said, we need to have more dialogue. We need to, you know, it's, there's loud voices out there. There's so much out there that's way louder than this podcast or you or me. Yes. But the more voices we can get to have these conversations, I think, you know, the better off we are. Maybe people will start thinking differently. And, you know, you're yeah. out there doing the work, changing lives. It's fantastic. Um, and, and given that, like, if people do want to work with you or get to know your work more, like how can they find you? Yeah. So um, the easiest way is to come visit me on my website. It's bodypeacewithnina.com. And on there is a free practicing body peace journal. And why I say it's practicing body peace, because it is the whole thing, how we heal this is a practice. And in that practicing body peace journal, are five of my body piece poems and 20 questions, 20 questions to start you having a conversation about 
the relationship you have with your body. It's an inquiry. What's going on in there? How is this relationship? How do you feel about it? Is it the way you want it to be? Right? We really want to start looking at what's going on in the relationship with your body. And do you want it to be different? So you can visit me there. I'm also on Instagram. I'm on Facebook under Nina Manelson. That's fantastic. Thank you for all that information. So they'll all be in the show notes. So if you didn't get that down, do not worry. Great resource. Thank you. Um, Nina, thank you for being here. Um, Christina, thank you so much. It's a really, it's fun for me to talk about this. I'm super passionate. I'm actually having a, a retreat in Italy in April called Body Peace and Aging. Because I feel like it's so important to dive into this Mm -hmm. at a deeper level and to gather women to change our culture and to be like, yeah, this is this is me at this age in this body with all the wisdom that she holds and all the complexity that she holds. Oh, beautiful place. Awesome. Well, um, I guess that information will be on your website, too, if people are interested. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, Nina, thank you so much again. This has been a great conversation. Hopefully we'll continue it in different forums and different places so people can continue that themselves. So thank you so much. Thank you. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host The publisher or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.